Welcome to Healing You From Within by Sinden, podcast where we discuss about health and wellness that has to come from within your body. I am Dennis Wong, holistic pharmacist, wellness coach, and the host of the podcast. We know that if we get the right condition within our body, our body will be able to function optimally and our organ will be working uh, to the optimal health. And one of the sentinel organ that we looked at is the adrenal gland. And today, to talk about uh, adrenal health and adrenal gland and stress issue, I invited one of my early mentors that I've learned from many, many years back that taught me about stress and adrenal function and adrenal health. Dr. James Wilson, welcome to the our podcast. Thank you, Dennis. It's a pleasure to be here, especially with uh, gifted pharmacists like you. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to our podcast. Thank you very much. So Dr. Wilson, I've heard about, you know, how you got into the whole adrenal health, etc. So can you uh, tell us why did you get involved in the adrenal health in the first place? I had a patient when I was very early in practice, my first three months in practice. I had a woman who had just had a child and uh, they released her from the hospital and her husband brought her in and she says, I know this sounds awful, but I don't love my baby. I don't care if I live or not. Whoa. So I thought, well, it's probably a, a postpartum letdown but it didn't go away. And she said, I had her come back and the next week, and she said, it's no different. I, uh, I had her do some exercise and they didn't work. And so then I called everybody I knew, my mentors and asked, and they said, well, you need to check her adrenals. And I said, what? I thought probably hypothalamus. I said, yes, but her adrenals too. So I put her on some hypothalamus extract and some adrenal extract. And it wasn't the next day, but it was several weeks. And as a matter of fact, I had her come in twice a week and make a contract with me that she wouldn't kill herself between Tuesday and Thursday, between Thursday and the next Tuesday. And on the third week or so, she had a tiny bit of a smile and she says, I don't love my baby yet, but I no longer want to kill myself. I want to live now. Uh, and then we had the, the uh, response, and then she got better and better. And she returned totally to normal. And I said to my mentors, can the hormones be that powerful? He says, absolutely. And especially the adrenals, because they go everywhere. And that's how I learned how powerful the adrenals were. Then I looked up and, and realized that the adrenals have secrete over 50 hormones in our body. They go everywhere. And it's the, they're central. And then Hans Helye, um, I heard him speak a couple of times, and he said the adrenals were the glands of stress, but that the first glands is that fail during really stressful situations. That really fascinated me. So that's what in, encouraged me, both the clinical experience I had and the theoretical comments that Dr. Selye had and my appreciation and admiration for him. I'm glad that you looked into that 
a little bit more, you know, deeper for that patient. Otherwise, a lot of us nowadays will not get to where we are at. So I thank you for that. Your curiosity and being able to, you know, wanting to help the patient, and that leads to. It's 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 led to thousands now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So that's come to my next question. That you know, when early on, when I was learning about adrenal fatigue, when I talked to some of the practitioner and physician, they frowned at me, saying, "There's no such thing." And later on, I found out that you're the one that coined that term, adrenal fatigue. Is it true that that's you know? This is a term that you coined it. It is a term that I coined in 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at a an ACAM meeting, the American College for the Advancement of Medicine, is uh, is where I coined it at a meeting, annual meeting. It's it's a beautiful term now. Like after you know ten fifteen years, learning from you and working with you. Now when I talk to physician or even when I read the research articles and magazine, now they have this term in there now. So it's great that, you know, you have the foresight of naming a condition that we should be concentrating on and working on. And unfortunately, Dennis, a lot of doctors still don't believe in adrenal fatigue and, and they don't have to use the term. I don't care about the term. But it's, there's a phrase Leo Roy, Dr. Leo Roy used to use. He used to say, doctors are down on things that are, they're not up on. And that's what I find, is there's a tremendous ignorance among the regular medical community about the adrenals and what they do and how they function. And uh, so that's, that's where they, they don't investigate any further. Otherwise, they would find literally thousands of studies that talk about the low function of the adrenals, call it by anything. One of the other names that you'll see in the medical literature is relative adrenal insufficiency. Right. And, and actually, that term was coined before I coined adrenal fatigue, but I didn't know about it. It was coined in 1991, but I didn't know about it until only a few years ago uh, when I was doing more research. So it's, it's all through in various names, hypoadrenia, a relative hypoadrenia, uh, uh, small Addison's disease. It has many names in the medical literature, and those literature uh, has appeared in JAMA, in, in Thymus, in a number of different major magazines, especially in the 1930s, 1940s, uh, talking about the different uh, low adrenal functions. Dr. Henry Harrower started writing about it in 1917, and uh, other other uh, uh, physicians, Emile Chargent in France, mentioned it in the first uh, book that I saw in 1898. So it's wow. been around. It's been yeah. Around. Just ignore medicine. Absolutely. So with that, what is the adrenal fatigue? You know, like you said, the term doesn't matter about what actually happened and the whole physiological, et cetera. If you can uh, explain that a little bit, it would be great. Sure. Well, first, because you said this was a gland of stress, let's talk just a bit about stress. What is stress? So stress is 
when the body gets when when the function of the body has to stretch in order to compensate for what's going on just imagine there's a very narrow area that the body goes through homeostasis and keeps things in balance by minute changes primarily in the endocrine but in other areas too to keep it in balance and when events happen or severe thoughts happen and it has to go outside of that boundary, that's when stress starts occurring. And the further outside of that homeostatic mechanism, that, that narrow homeostatic area, the further outside we get from that, the more stress is. So stress is being outside of the boundaries of the body easily being able to correct what needs to be recorrected and, and not placing a strain on the body to do that. When you get into the strain and then you can go beyond the strain and you can actually get damage to the organs and glands the, uh, and, and it can eat up nutrients so that there's not damage, but there's inability of that particular gland, hypothalamus, the pituitary, adrenal, uh, gonadals to uh, bring it back into balance. There aren't the nutrients because Lots of nutrients are used up. For example, in adrenals, there's a tremendous amount of free radicals that are generated to make the different steroid hormones. And those have to be sequestered. And so we need uh, zinc and manganese and, and uh, uh, magnesium and other things like this just to make the adrenals function, not counting the whole HP axis. And it uses tons of, of B vitamins faster than you can eat them in any kind of foods. So a lot of times after people get out of a certain range, they need uh, high potencies supplements to help bring them back into normal because it's, it's not possible for the body. And then we can get the actual damage of the adrenals or the hypothalamus of the pituitary. And once again, medicine doesn't recognize it, but the medical literature is filled with the damages that can be done from, to the HPA axis from stress. Absolutely. So we talk a little bit about, you know, the homeostasis and uh, the whole adrenal uh, and the body balancing. So if adrenal is not functioning properly, like, can you explain a little bit more of the, a little bit more detail of the physiology of the whole adrenal dysfunction or adrenal fatigue? Certainly. It, it all starts in the hypothalamus, actually. The hypothalamus, I, I used to uh, say, we used to say in experimental psychology where I have a master's degree, hypothalamus rules the world. And by that, there's so many things the hypothalamus do, but one of the things that the hypothalamus does is to analyze all the different stresses that are going on inside, outside the person's body. And this tiny little gland in the brain then secretes one hormone, the corticotrophic releasing hormone that goes over to the pituitary and then that causes the anterior pituitary to uh, release the ACTH, the adrenotrophic cortical hormone, and which goes down into the adrenal glands. And the adrenal glands then have three major areas. They have the glomerulosis, it's five to eight cells thick that's on the outside. There's a capsule, and then just inside the capsule, there's five to eight uh, layers thick of the glomerulosis. And then there's reticularis, that's right inside. That's about 70% of the adrenal. And that's where cortisol and glucocorticoids are made. And then the reticularis on the 
on the inside uh, third or so uh, is where all the sex hormones are made. Uh, DHEA, DHEAS, uh, testosterone, and, and estrogens. You know, by the way, 40% uh, of testosterone in women is made by the adrenal glands. And I'm sorry, 60%. And, and about 40% of testosterone in, in males is made in the adrenal gland. And so we have the sex hormones that are made in this inner third of the cortex, the outside. Of course, the very middle of the adrenal is the medulla. And the medulla is mainly driven by the nervous system and produces epinephrine and, and, and uh, norepinephrine. And that's also in conjunction with the sympathetic nervous system all, all through the system and uh, in the brain as well. But the, uh, the adrenal, the HPA axis then becomes very active, but it's a blood-driven hormone. The first part of stress is done by the medulla. That's instantaneous, but it can't keep it up very long. And it needs blood hormones coming into the bloodstream and causing the adrenals to respond. Uh, ACTH goes these three hormones and we get from the glomerulosa, we get the sodium retention and the increase in the blood pressure resulting in that. Then we get the uh, fasciculata that re, uh, that does the uh, cortisol and all the glucocorticoids, and then reticularis with the uh, sex hormones, and they all work together. And then, of course, in addition, the glucocorticoids, that means blood sugar, and the adrenals are primarily responsible for keeping blood sugar elevated. So we have this beautiful system in stress. We have the immediate that's handled by the nervous system, but after just a minute or so, that hor those hormones are circulating through the system, backing up that nervous system, and then raising the blood pressure, raising the blood sugar so that the body can find, raising the insulin so that it can get into the cells. It's all so beautiful. And then the cortisol that's making everything stronger and working better and faster. It's just a gorgeous system, Dennis. And the unfortunate thing is in the older times in most situations, you'd have these situations happening three or four times in a, a, a lifetime. We have them every day sometimes, going through the stresses of getting to work and the traffic, uh, working two jobs, all the different stresses that we see as normal here. The body wasn't adapted for that. We still have a few thousand years to adapt to that much stress. But our body does the best. And when it can't keep up with the stresses placed on it, that's when we get adrenal fatigue. So the simple definition of adrenal fatigue, and by the way, my adrenal fatigue, definition of adrenal fatigue, is nearly identical word for word uh, to the first for the relative adrenal insufficiency that was coined in 1991. What happens then is that the, the, the body can't keep up with the stresses placed upon it, primarily due to the lack of the ability of the adrenal glands to totally secrete all the hormones and make all the changes needed. And that's adrenal fatigue. Wow, thank you for yeah. this explanation. Imagine that our adrenal gland, the tiny, tiny gland is so complex and so efficient in keeping us, you know, healthy and controlling stress, etc. But we push it, like you said, we're pushing it every day to the point that this little gland 
can no longer function properly anymore, and then we get sick. Oh, to the point to where I had one doctor in Sydney, Australia, who couldn't feed herself. Her husband had to feed her because she couldn't do that. After she took our products and did my protocol in the book, she was able to fully recover. I had a newspaper editor in London who had moved to New Zealand who couldn't dress herself. Her husband cried when she called him and said that she called, that she was able to dress herself that day. She, once again, with proper treatment, two years later, she climbed Machu Picchu. Wow. We, we, I had one uh, medical doctor in Australia who couldn't even get out of bed. Uh, she's a, a 47-year-old woman. Her dad had to carry her from the bed to the toilet and back again, strictly because of adrenal fatigue. And once again, in her case, it took three years. And, but she was fully recovered to the point to where I saw her when I was back in, in uh, Australia. We were both at a medical conference and I saw her at the end of, the, uh, of this hall, the conference hall, and she puffed up her shoulders like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the, in the, uh, in the Terminator says, I'm back. <laughs> she fully recovered. So as bad as they can get, there's also really good hope for these people being able to fully recover, Dennis. That's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still remember at the beginning of my training and learning from you, I had a couple that came to me and the wife came and saw me for consult, but the husband couldn't because he couldn't get out of bed. Oh, and I figured it out that there was adrenal fatigue. And so I actually used your protocol and worked with them and took them actually two years. They used to own a family business and that really pushed them. And to the point their husband got sick to the point of, you know, cannot get out of the bed and took us two years. And he actually went back running the business again. So, you know, hey. that's, there's so many wonderful stories out there that we can share. So before yeah. we get into, you know, how do we treat it? What are the signs and symptoms of adrenal fatigue? Like, what do they watch for? They're, they're lost, but there are lots of them. Um, and, and they're all on, um, in, the, in the book, Adrenal Fatigue, the 21st Century Stress Syndrome. I don't, do you have those uh, symptoms, signs on, on your send-in website? I don't right now, but I will be putting those up because uh, also I'm trying to get the uh, your book back into my store. I used to have it a lot, and then with over the years, we kind of are uh, different thing, and we kind of are not being able to import it. So now I'm going to be uh, bringing that back in, and I will have actually I'm thinking of making actually a nice, you know, laminated plaque type of thing so that people can see it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, one of the first things would be uh, they, they're tired when they get up, even though they've had eight hours of sleep. It takes them about one or two or three cups of coffee to get going before they actually feel it. A lot of times they'll have about a, a 10 o'clock low, 930 or 10 low. And, and the energy pattern is one of the keys, Dennis, because there are lots of fatigue patterns. People feel tired, but there's only one adrenal fatigue pattern. 
and that's tired, getting up and needing assistance to get going in the morning, like caffeine or something, often a low 9.30, 10 in the morning, and then uh, feel much better after their noon meal. Then a low in the mid-afternoon, it can be 3 to 5, 4 to 6. It can be as light as just wanting to not do anything or as severe as having to lay down for half an hour, 45 minutes or so. And then at 6 o'clock, it's like there was a magic key that was turned and they suddenly feel better. And then they'll get tired about 9.30 or 10, but they resist going to bed. And if they stay up until about 11, they'll have a second wind and then suddenly have energy to do to write this thing or to clean the kitchen or whatever needs to be done and they'll stay up till one or two in the morning and then they'll find that if they get a chance to sleep in for an hour or two past when they usually would get up they feel so much better so much more rested than they would if they've gotten up at their regular time this is the adrenal fatigue energy pattern if it was low thyroid they'd be tired all day long they wouldn't see it it was the fatigue was coming from liver congestion you'd have pretty well the same thing to where and, and except they they'd wake between one and three in the morning so there's only one adrenal fatigue pattern of energy and that's tired when you even though you've had eight hours of sleep or so having an afternoon or a morning low 9 30 to 10 feeling better after the lunch having an afternoon low have a better feeling better after six o'clock getting a second wind later in the night wanting to stay up till one or two in the morning and then feeling much better if they sleep in that's that's the adrenal fatigue pattern then there's also the food patterns the people because they're uh they don't have enough aldosterone uh, because uh the the adrenals weak in that area so they they can't retain their sodium and so they crave foods with salt in them and now remember cortisol is also mineral corticoid as well as aldosterone so low cortisol will also lead to cravings for salt too so they have cravings for salt they'll have cravings for fat and they'll have because their blood sugar is also dropping because adrenals are critical to make blood sugar uh, and to stimulate the liver to convert glycogen to to uh, glucose then they'll also crave sweets a lot of times so What's the perfect place for these people? The fast food restaurants. Lots of fat, lots of sugar, lots of caffeine. So you know, we know by their food habits, we know by their energy patterns, and then there are a number of others. Uh, we'll, we'll know a lot of times that the adrenal fatigue starts after one or two severe illnesses or accidents or, or a history of stresses they haven't responded uh, well to. And then there's usually one particular stress that after such and such, after what happened, after the force, after the car wreck, after whatever, I was never the same. So in your in your client, your pharmacist taking case histories, that's one of the keys to ask. And so those are kind of the keys. Now there are, of course, there are laboratory tests and that's the uh, saliva blood test. Uh, you can also do a clinical test or when someone comes in the room, you take their blood pressure lying down, let them settle down for a couple minutes lying down, take their blood pressure, then have them stand up. And the blood pressure, instead of rising 20 uh, points of mercury, will, uh, will fall, actually fall. Even if it stays the same, it's a type of adrenal fatigue. Then you can do the one that Emile Sargent did, uh, found in 1895, that 
if you take a, a neurological hammer or a sharp instrument and run it across the uh, the belly, not so sharp it would cut. You know, like you can use the dull end, dull end of a knife, uh, something like that. I I use the blunt end of a neurological hammer and just draw it across. Then you'll see a white line appear. It's called actually called the white line of Sargent. You'll see it in, in the literatures. You'll see it as a matter of fact. You'll see it in the nineteen. 47 version of the Merck Manual, uh, the white line of Sargent is mentioned. Then Rouleau, another famous physician, discovered that if you roll the patient over on their tummy and you press right up between T11 and T12 where the adrenals are located, then there's, there's tenderness in there. They're more tender than they should be. So the rapid dropping of the blood pressure when they stand up, the... Uh, the uh, Emile Sargent's uh, line, white line of Sargent, and the Rouleau uh, test, and uh, are giveaways for the uh, uh, for the clinical. So you have you have history, you have current signs and symptoms, you have clinical indications, and you have blood tests. You got everything you need to make an accurate diagnosis for an adrenal. So when they say there's no indications for adrenal fatigue, they simply haven't looked because it's in the literature and I put it together in my book. It's there. It's staring them in front of the, uh, right in front of their face. And it's just the same as if you were going to diagnose any other syndrome. Absolutely. One of the things that I've found uh, over the year also is that patient coming in with the lower chronic lower back pain that they cannot find any causation of it. Good point. Yes. And as we know that, you know, the adrenals at the back, just above the kidney, and that's when getting really exhausted, people started getting lower back pain. And I have patients that are coming in and saying, oh, I've been having this back pain and, you know, narcotic painkiller doesn't do anything, none, you know, acupuncture, nothing helped. Until then, we started you know, looking into and supporting and treating the adrenal dysfunction or adrenal fatigue, then their pain started going away. Good for you. Yeah. So as we discussed that we know that adrenal fatigue can be, you know, reversed and can be recovered. So what would be the treatment? I know you mentioned well, a little bit, but. Sure. Part of it would be the, what's in the questionnaire. So that uh, as we as we go through the questionnaire, we'll see certain things that their lifestyle needs to be changed. They need to get rid of as many of the stresses as possible. They need regular meals that have a protein, a carbohydrate, and a fat at every meal. And this is unrefined carbohydrates. So be the grains, uh, not refined carbohydrates like white sugar and white flour. So you want to avoid those because they'll tear it down soft drinks. They'll pull your adrenals down because they'll kick the blood sugar up and then they'll kick the, which will cause the insulin to go way up. And then they'll both drop about 45 minutes to an hour and a half later. That's not going to help the adrenals. It's going to weaken them. But having good quality foods, having uh, good vegetables, not having very many fruits in the morning, uh, having your fruits mostly in the evening time, uh, that kind of foods, uh, staying away from coffee and cola, alcohol, if you do have any of those, they should be at night. Uh, 
So that's that's the general food, chewing the food very very uh, well, because a lot of times now the stresses have caused the hydrochloric acid in their stomachs to decrease in both quality and quantity. So you want to chew your food 30, 40 times a, a mouthful and stay away from any kind of junk foods. And so we want to change the lifestyles to get rid of any of the stresses they, that they can. Uh, if they can take a, a, a day, uh, if they, they can take a time or two during the day of 10 to 15 minutes to just simply relax with deep, deep breathing and looking up in between the, uh, at the forehead here, right at the optic chiasma, that causes an automatic release of serotonin, which helps relax the person. They do, do that, especially in the afternoon. That's important. Uh, exercise, gentle exercise, not forcing yourself to do anything. When you're tired, lay down. Don't just sit down, but lay down. It's much more restorative. So part of the changing their lifestyle. And then, of course, there's dietary supplements. And the reason they're called supplements is because they won't take the place of changing your food, changing your, your lifestyle, but they will supplement everything you're doing. And even to the point to where if there's damage to the adrenals, to the hypothalamus, to the pituitary, they can actually recover in one of the supplements we have. So I designed this protocol when I had uh, so many patients suffering. And as a matter of fact, John Morgenthaler once said that 80% of people in the United States are, are suffering from adrenal fatigue and the other 20% are in denial. And so it's a pandemic thing that, that we have here. And so most of the time, people need a protocol that does four things. One is they need to restore the health back to the adrenal hypothalamus pituitary gland by taking the actual raw glandular. And we use kinds that have no hormones in them. And as a matter of fact, we have them tested for no hormones. And so it's the, the raw materials needed to help that gland repair itself, which speeds it up tremendously. The second thing we need, the nutrients that make the adrenal pathways work. And for this, there, it's a, the supplement that helps people repair the damaged glands is called Adrenal Rebuilder. The one that has the nutrients needed to help the adrenal cascade work is called Super Adrenal Stress Formula. And it's in the proportions that these, uh, the uh, hormones are needed that, uh, to be made. Uh, it contains the nutrients needed to make the hormones, should say that. The third is vitamin C. And you say, well, everybody knows we need vitamin C. But the problem with vitamin C, Dennis, is that people under stress become acidic. But vitamin C is acidic. So when you add a regular vitamin C, the body is going to pull out calcium magnesium out of the body to neutralize that vitamin C because it's acidic. Well, what does the body use to help settle down the body for its nervousness? Calcium and magnesium. So they just become more nervous and more unsettled if they take a regular vitamin C. So I developed a vitamin C that's, first of all, sustained released. Because if you don't sustain release it, the vitamin C goes in, but very quick it goes out. Because the, law, the body learned thousands of years ago, if you take a concentrated substance in like that, it's probably bad for it. And so it needs to get rid of it. But if you time release it and allow it to be released over three hours or so, 
then it'll take it in and it'll allow the vitamin C in the cells to get higher and higher. Now also, that, that vitamin C uh, has uh, manganese, magnesium, and zinc. And when you look at what's going on in the adrenal gland, you find that the free radical formation is mainly sequestered by superoxide dismutase, manganese superoxide mutase, magnesium superoxide mutase, and zinc superoxide dismutase. The manganese for the uh, mitochondria, the magnesium and the zinc for the cytosol superoxide dismutases. And then, of course, in superadrenal stretch forming, we also have a special kind of, of uh, iron, and that's for the... Uh, Sorry, it's it, it's for the um, when you know I can't think of it for the other uh, stress uh, anti anti uh, sequester. Yeah. Um, anyway, that the uh, uh, we we have the iron in there, but it's an especially non toxic form. And then the fourth one is to balance the uh, the HPA axis, and it's four herbs. Uh, to balance the HPA axis. There's ashwagandha, Siberian ginseng, licorice, and, uh, sorry, I can't think of the Mica. 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 Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, be my mentor. And and uh, that's it, Maca. That's right. And the, the four, I, I found those, my poor patients, I use them as guinea pigs. And so I tried, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? And I finally found the formulas after I worked on this, these formulas for about 20 years before I actually had them that were worth, worthwhile. And then when you take the questionnaire, then you know how much of each one of these to take. And so you can just uh, look at them. And if you are mild, you only need a very mild formula, which is all, uh, all laid out. In the uh, in the book, and and uh, if you take the mild, then if you have moderate adrenal fatigue, then you take a mild amount. If you have severe, you take a higher amount. So you take the same supplements, you just take more of them, and you take them over time. And if you have mild adrenal fatigue, you can count on it being about six months before people get better. If you have mild, uh, moderate, it's going to take about a year. And if you have severe, like you had with those people and we've had, um, it's going to take up to two years. But that doesn't mean that's not going to be, uh, they're not going to feel better. They're going to feel better gradually after typically about two to three weeks. People notice a difference. And then they'll continue to notice more and more difference. And they, they keep going up and up. And sometimes they don't even realize they're getting better. So one of the best things to do is have them keep a little diary and have them look back. Oh, a month ago, I couldn't do this. Oh, yeah, I remember how I felt two months ago. A lot of times by reflection, more than it is by, oh, I still have a headache. Oh, this thing is still there. They'll concentrate on one or two symptoms and say they're still present. So I, this thing must not be working. I must not get any better. But then when they look at that questionnaire that they took and they go, oh, that used to be a three. Now it's a one. Oh, this doesn't even exist anymore. They'll get a chance to see how they are progressing. And, and how they're coming along. And then at some point, they gradually decrease on the supplements. And so with, with time, they actually don't need them anymore. And that's the nice thing about the supplements too. They heal. They, they use that, that four letter word, you're not supposed to use in medicine. 
H-E-A-L. Yeah. They heal to where they don't need that supplement anymore. Because why? Well, one is their body's been reconditioned, but also they've learned a lifestyle that doesn't overstress them. And they've learned how to take care of themselves by the food that they've eaten and that their food is nourishing and bringing them back health instead of taking away from their health. So it's a whole program that they develop and they become healthier on their own. And then of course, they get back their old energy and life is good and humor comes back. It's, it's sometimes tearful to see, to hear their stories that, that they tell. Yeah, I know you've had that experience. That, uh, they tell it to you like it's the first time it's ever happened to anybody. And it's a mm-hmm. hundred times you've heard it. But it's still wonderful to hear because you see the enthusiasm and the joy that they have when they, uh, when they have it when we see them experience that. Definitely. Um, when I first attended your lecture, that was back in 2004. And before that time, I was one of the one that into adrenal fatigue, not knowing that because after the supper, I would sit in front of the TV with a bottle of Coke, a box of chocolate and a bag of chips. <laughs> That's my routine. Yeah. So by the time that when I attended the lecture and I bought the book and that was my handbook for next a few years to heal myself and Cindy. And then that become my reference book for 95% of my patient consult. Because everything, everybody that I see, the symptom come in, wait a minute, I seen it in this book. So I appreciate it and thank you for writing that wonderful book. And the book is called Adrenal Fatigue, the 21st Century Stress Syndrome. And yeah. it's an easy read. Yeah. I love, like, I'm one of those that, yeah, here we go. I'm one of those that don't like reading, but... I read through that book many, many, many times. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah. You know, Dennis, the book is still selling. And it's into its 30th edition now. It's a so. great book, absolutely. Like, you know, even for, you know, general public, you can use it really good as a reference to, you know, support themselves, work look at what's going on, etc. Like you said, the questionnaires in there, they are wonderful. After I attended your lecture in 2004, I changed my intake questionnaire. Part of my intake questionnaire become your questionnaire in my uh, initial questionnaire that we put it all together. And to this day, I still use part of those questions in my and take form saying, okay, you know, what's going on, this, that symptom type of thing. And I'm glad it's, yeah. Absolutely. And the other thing is that you said, you know, oh, some people may not see the difference or they see the changes and then it's something like, oh, this is, you know, never happened to me. I had the story, one of the first few patients that I was working with your supplement and your protocol One lady to this day, I remember when she came to me, she had to stop walking because she was so exhausted and no energy. 
And one of the question I ask is, do you dream? You know, do you when you sleep? Do you dream? And she said, I never dream. And she was in uh, early forty, and she never dreamed. So I said, okay, let's start you on moderate supplement protocol. And that was Friday. I still remember that. And I had Dr. Eldred Taylor coming in town on the weekend doing public presentation about hormones. So she came and attended. And she came and found me, and she was panicking. She said, "What is dream like?" Because after taking the supplement, after a couple of nights, she started dreaming, and the dreams that she never remember before. But this time, she remembered the dream, and she was panicking. Yeah. And she said that never happened before. So you know, like you said, that never happened before. And I'm like, that's okay, that's good. You know, you're getting a deep sleep. And she said, yeah. After remembering the dream and stuff, the next morning, she said, I don't have to drag myself out of bed. So it's it's wonderful, you know, to see that happen to. Uh, Many many patients, and again, it's myself included that because I had a opportunity to learn from you in two thousand and four. It's not only changed my life, but actually changed my practice. And I still tell patients that when they eat, they need to chew forty times before they swallow, and they looked at it. And I say, hey, this is what my mentor, my mentor trained me, and I'm sharing that information. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that you would like to say about the whole adrenal and you know the stress issue for the people?
Well, thank you, Dr. Wilson, for you know allowing me to get involved with your uh, supplements and your treatment and your protocol. I would say since I attended your first lecture back in two thousand and four, and you know I, when I saw that, I said this is a great opportunity for me to learn and help other people. And now that we're able to get the supplement back in Canada, it's going to be even better for a lot of patients. I work with you know many different supplements, etc., over the year for adrenal fatigue. While we were trying to get your supplement back in, they do work, but not as good or the same response as what I've done with your supplement in my patients. So I'm excited that. I'm actually uh, being a little bit bad that when we were trying to get these supplements back in, first and foremost was for me and for my patient that I wanted it back. And so I'm glad that we got them rolling now and you know we're going to be expanding more and more into Canada, uh, working with the Health Canada. So thank you very much. And thank you for coming on to my podcast interview. And I really appreciate it. Like I said, you're one of my first few mentors that I learned a lot from and that changed my practice. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. So this concludes our today podcast, and I thank you for joining us for the podcast "Healing You from Within" by Sendan, where we discuss what we can do to support our body internally so that we can heal and function optimally. Thank you again, Dr. Wilson, for coming on to the podcast.